Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Well, hello and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast. Phil Kirkbride, your usual host, is taking a well-deserved day off after transfer deadline day. So you've got myself, Paul Wheelock, as the standard host today. And I'm delighted to be joined by Ian Kroll, our host of the View from the Gladys Street Podcast. You all right, Paul? How are you doing? And our Everton FC reporter, Adam Jones. You okay, mate? I'm all right, mate. How are you? Not bad, not bad. Better after Huddersfield on Tuesday. Oh, yeah, are we all? I think we've, <laughs> we've covered that on View from the Gladys Street and we've covered that on the Royal Blue on Wednesday. So if you, if you don't mind, we're going to look ahead to Wolves this weekend and obviously what happened yesterday on transfer deadline day but Adam first and foremost you're fresh back from Marco Silva's press conference down at Finch Palm what did he have to say for himself? Uh, well no doubt he was asked a lot about Idris uh, guy, which we'll uh, get into a little bit later but you know he was speaking about that Huddersfield game as well and in particular uh, he was asked about the performance of Tom Davis who in the absence of Guy was brought into that midfield three uh, had to be a little bit of a change of system obviously because We've seen we've seen in the past that Davis can't play that sort of guy role, which is sitting in front of the defence. He needs to be has to be a bit further forward, and he was he was against Huddersfield, and I think I was I was probably his best performance of the season. I think the only one that comes close is probably Leicester away. I think he was maybe a bit unlucky to get dropped soon after that game, but obviously we needed to get Andre Gomez into the team, so I do understand it. But yeah, it was really promising to see uh, Tom Davis playing so well. So Silva was really happy to see that. Uh, Gave us an injury update. He said Phil Jagielka is still out injured, as is Yeri Mina. Uh, Leighton Baines and Guy himself will both have late assessments tomorrow to see if they'll be fit. But reading between the lines, I'm not confident that either will play. So we could yet be seeing John Joe Kenny at left back again, which again, I'm sure we're going we'll dis- to we'll discuss in more detail. And uh, yeah, I think. He dressed the fact that there were no incomings, and yeah, he's just he's just happy to happy enough to wait until the summer, like when there might be a little bit better value. We'll be able to research our potential signings a little bit more, and I think I completely agree with that. So yeah, all in all, it was a quite interesting press conference from Silver today. Yeah, I just want to stay on Tom Davis before we get to address a guy because. I, I really don't like the way sometimes people go have a go at Evertonian saying like, oh, you know, he's a scout, he's one of our own, you know, get on the backs. I think people really want Tom Davis to do well. So it'd be nice just to, to have a bit of a chat now, Ian, about him because I agree with you, Adam. I thought he was excellent on Tuesday night. I know the <coughs> kind of caveat is that it was only Huddersfield, but the other day it was definitely an improvement in his form. And I know his, his kind of position, his form has been discussed on your podcast as well, Ian. You know, was it good to see him playing like the player we know he, he has got in him? Yeah, I mean, I think we want every Everton player to do well, don't we? I think that's the point, whether they're from, you know, from Liverpool, local, or they're from Timbuktu, you know, doesn't really matter, does it? I think, obviously, the weight on David's shoulders is is there because he is local and he is from Liverpool and he's got a tough, you know, couple of players to follow, really. Ross Barkley, Wayne Rooney, you know, a few others in there. Um, they're the two that I can think of the top of my head who have, who've performed well for Everton and then have gone on, you know, to play for for bigger teams, Silver th- 
I say kind of like threw him in at the deep end at the start of the season. Mm. He kind of did because he made him captain, didn't he? And mm-hmm. whether that was the right decision or not is is up for debate. I don't think making him captain was the right decision. I think it was a it was it was you know it was a bold decision. But whether that suited him at the time, I think maybe he needed to just you know what's his name, you know, continue to to play his game and develop and stuff like that. Um, but now you probably you probably are going to see Davis a little bit more because, like I say, it's, it's up for debate whether it was the right decision or not. But that time spent in the team where it didn't go well, you can only you can only get that from experience and learning from mistakes and what what's happened in the past. Um, I know we've got James McCarthy coming back. We've got Adrissa Garnagay who's staying. We've got Andre Gomez. So, you know, places are still going to be limited. But hopefully that experience that he's had and it showed against Huddersfield, I think, will will only benefit him in the, in the you know, remaining months of the season. Mm-hmm. Adam, if, if Garnagay's over his conveniently timed injury, I'm not saying he wasn't injured <laughs> the other night, but again, just uh, did I just leave it's it always the way, isn't yeah. it? It always happens someone, like someone, yeah. someone on Twitter said it was a head injury from having his head turned, his neck injury from his having his head turned. <laughs> I thought that was probably a good way of describing it. But hey, we're giving the benefit of doubt. Supposedly a thigh or a groin injury. But say mm-hmm. if he is back mm. on Saturday for Wolves, should he come back into the team or would that be very unfair on, on Tom Davis? I think it would be extremely fair, unfair on Tom Davis. I think... Uh, I think I think I just think the whole change of system in that midfield was something that we've been calling out for for a little while, really. Like I, I know there's been a fair f- few supporters on social media calling out for quite a quite a drastic change in formation because we've seen the same sort of variant of the four two three one for years now, really, haven't we? Like I think that was David Moyes' preferred formation, even like towards the end of his reign. So you know, it it, it does need some sort of change up, and I'm not saying that you know it was a massive change up it was i think it was a change up to a, a little bit more of a 4-3-3 you know we saw Sigurdsson pulled back a little bit further we saw Gomez not exactly sitting in front of the defenders but it well, he wasn't exactly breaking forward either you know i thought i just thought that looked a whole lot more balanced and we saw a lot more we saw a lot more benefits across the board from playing in that way you know Sigurdsson made seven tackles in that match which is more than anyone who's not named Idrissa Gay has done for Everton for months and months. Mm. You know, we saw Tom Davis playing so well. You know, Andre Gomez was a little bit more understated in that position, but I think that was probably his best performance in a few weeks, mm. really, because we've noticed him probably getting a little bit tired, you know, not having a winter break and everything like that. So, yeah, I, I, ju- I just don't know why you'd want to rock that balance in any way and try and bring Guy back in. I think Silver is opposed to changing a winning team, isn't he? I think we've seen that over the past couple of couple of weeks. So I would have no problem with the same team. Mm-hmm. Obviously, probably not going to be the same team, is it? Because obviously Baines could be injured and, you know, Luca Dean suspended. Um, but Wolves, I think, like to get the ball down and play. Mm-hmm. So I don't like to look at the opposition and say, let's change our team because of this. They're going to do that. You should go out and try and play your own game. Again, Silva likes to do that. But I think... If if a dresser guy is fit and his head's in the right place, he could be the ideal, you know, obviously the anchor man, the holding midfielder to to stop those passes and runs from from the Wolves midfield up up into attack. And then we've got our own, you know, you know, talismans really and and Andre Gomez and Gilfie Sigurdsson. But I'm not I, I don't know the answer, which is good because I'm not the Everton manager, but I think, you know, if Davis plays again, I've got no issues mm. with that whatsoever. I think time on the pitch is only going to serve him well. I just think, 
a little stray pass here and there mm. is obviously going to be it's an issue, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, fans, it's, it's with anyone, but so, like we've just discussed, the pressure's on him, on his shoulders. Um, so any little straight pass could, you know, could rock his confidence. But, you know, maybe maybe he's better to play away mm. when when the pressure's not on. I don't know. I think I think what you've got to t- take into account, like, and I get, completely get what you're saying about Wolves, obviously wanting to get the ball down and play as much mm-hmm. as they can. But in my head, I think Wolves are going to try and target that left-back. As much as much as they possibly uh, can. Uh, yeah, they're quite strong down the right. Yeah, they've, they've, they've got they've got a lot of pace on the counter attack, yeah, especially yeah. down that down the flanks. So may, maybe maybe it's just about getting as much as much support to John Joe Kenny as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not sure it affects the central midfielders as as much, but now I, I do get what I do get what you mean, and I think if if guy was to come straight back in if he was fit and he was to come straight back in I don't think anyone would have particularly major arguments about it you know like at the end of the day he's still one of our best players at what he does well that's why Richarlison needs to play left mid against mm-hmm. this, um, for this game because you know his work rate and his you know his strengths are down the left hand side yeah. and you know if, if it's Kenny to be left back or Coleman or whoever they're going to be out of position so they're, they're going to be targeted Wolves are strong there like you've said so we need a proper left mid- side midfielder mm-hmm. who's going to be able to run for a good 80-85 minutes mm-hmm. to full throttle really and yeah. you know obviously make those runs on the left hand side run with the ball pick out the passes but also do his defensive duties as well mm-hmm. Well it comes to that left back debate it, it looks like it will be Kenny if, if Baines isn't fit but just, just to kind of not a final one guy but just to ask you about this Ian you said it if his head's right now I've got a degree of sympathy with him. He's 29. He's obviously played in France before. Paris Saint-Germain, uh, one of the biggest clubs in the world. We would never want to leave Everton, mm. but it's different when you're a footballer. I can un- Personally, I can understand why he was interested in making that move. Question is now, will he you know, throw his, you know, his toys out of the pram and just down tools? Or do you think he'll get his head back on the ball and be the player he has been for the majority of his Everton career? I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any signs for... for in my head, there's no signs for me to suggest that he's going to drop in any sort of way. Like, you know, it, it is, as you said, you know, he's get he's getting to that age now where he's got to start future-proofing himself almost and he's got to think, well, is this the best sort of move for the latter stages of my career? And, you know, when, when a club like PSG come in for you, like, regardless of where your head's at, you know, you, you're going to get a little bit unsettled by by that. You know, they they seem to have like an unlimited sack of money to be able to offer players. They didn't offer mo- enough of it to Everton, so that's why I'm happy Everton stood firm and said no. And you know, I don't I don't think it was any it was it it wasn't against Everton. My guy wanted to leave. It's not as if he was like, oh, I'm really unhappy here. I want I want to go. Well, he'd it, only we, just signed the contract months well, before, hadn't he? Exactly. So it was it was more a case of uh, well, PSG are offering me a lot of money here. I think I might be better off going there. I don't think it's. I personally don't think it's going to affect his mindset all that much. And having a conversation after the press conference with Marco Silva, he didn't seem to think so either. You know, he's had conversations with Guy over the last couple of days, and he's he's revealed to us that you know he, he he's very confident that Guy can just get his head down until the end of the season perform the way he has been for the last few years which has been exemplary really and you know if it comes to the summer and maybe maybe a move does materialise maybe it doesn't we'll have to see but no I'm, I think I'd be very happy to think that he would just get his head down and start performing again 
I don't think he can. He, he can dance wheels really. It's you know he's he's contracted as we said as a twenty twenty two. Yeah. So he's got you know effectively a good couple of years on that contract. He can't just start sulking and saying I want this, I want that. Look, I get it's a dream move. He's obviously going to be offered a lot more money than he was going to be on at Everton. But it's it's not about it's not about him, the individual player. It's, it's about the club. It's about what Brands and Silver think or thought was best for for Everton. And I've. I don't know whether Adam agrees, but I feel that if an offer came in that was worthy for for guy of thirty five to forty million, I've probably got no doubts that we would have accepted it because it was too good to turn down. For his age as well. For, for his age, yeah. I mean, I might be wrong, but you know, thirty forty million. I think for a player we signed for seven million is you know more than more yeah, than suffice. It represents just a ridiculous profit, doesn't it? It it does, but I feel. I felt the 21 million was a bit of an insult as well, mm, regardless yeah. of whether we paid 21. You know, I've said that many occasions, Liverpool have just sold Dominic Solanke. Okay, he, different he's, position. He's like the yardstick at the moment, yeah, isn't he? I, I think. think yeah, I think. Different, different position, obviously, so di- different roles and slightly different, but 19 million for a player who's barely featured in the in the Premier League. And I don't want to use this comparison, I, I might be wrong, but Naby Keita, obviously lit the world on fire in, in, in Leipzig. How much Liverpool pay for him? 52, 50, 50, 50, 50 odd million. He struggled yeah. in the Premier League. This is the Premier League. This is the, the Premier League transfer market. Now, he might come good, Naby Keita, for Liverpool. You don't know, but this is the players that you compare Adris Agana guy to. 21 million was a joke, and mm. PSG thought they were going to be able to get him on the cheap. And I'm so glad that we stood firm and I'm, I'm glad that we're able to be in this position because mm. I've got no doubt if this was 10, 15 years ago, you know, we probably would have sold straight away because we were desperate mm. for the money. And you see I, the Arteta one, you know, well, the exactly. one of that mm. one. I think it? this shows that, obviously, you know, we've got a lot of outgoings in terms of wages and we have wasted a lot of money, but we're still stable. Mm. Do you know what I mean? We're not, we're not desperate. PSG, French champions, you know, next round of the Champions League, the, the massive Neymar, you know, they came in for one of our players and we said, we're not having any of it. It's just, we're not, we're not being bullied by these big clubs anymore. Exactly. Which, uh, which I'm majorly happy with. I think we got the first signs of it were in the summer when Brands was negotiating with Barcelona and it went right down to the wire for Yeni Mina because Brands would not back down. Mm. And in the end, we got our way and we got Mina for a price that we wanted to pay for him. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, it's got to be very similar with these PSG negotiations. You know, they came in with a with a second offer of around 26 million and you know that even that's nowhere near enough yeah. like add another 10 mil onto that maybe yeah. then they, you'd be considering it but I think the main issue with me was that it was far too late to get a replacement in mm. and when when you let a player like that go I, I, I understand with his age and how much we paid for him and everything it would have been it would have made a lot of business sense to sell him but in a footballing sense I, I just when you let a player that influential go, go you need to be able to get in an equal, if not better, replacement. And I it's don't got think, to be better, hasn't it? I don't it's got think, to be, or potential to be better. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think we had enough time to do that at all. Even with two days left of the transfer window, I don't think we'd have had enough time. Even, even that, though, even if we did sell him and he didn't leave, I would say that we, we haven't got the you know the worry of a, a relegation dogfight on our hands now. You know, We're obviously not mathematically safe, but, you know, we're a couple of wins away from that. I feel that Silver and Brands have taken into account this offer and thought, we don't need this money now mm-hmm. to plan for the summer. Mm-hmm. We've got the money there already. Mm-hmm. Surely that's how they're thinking. Plans must be in place already. You know, scouts, players who, who are going to sign positions that need filling and strengthening. Otherwise, I would say, you know, 30 to 35 million, we wouldn't have had enough time to bring players in. Mm-hmm. So they would have thought, right, 
that's the money for the summer. But for me, I feel it's already there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's already there. It's got to be. Yeah. So hopefully a busy summer, because I think it's fair to say there's a number of positions that do need addressing. Mm. Are you two guys in any way? I know you won't be surprised because I think the club made it fairly clear <clears throat> in the last couple of weeks that there wasn't going to be much money spent. Well, no money spent in this window. Were you surprised a loan or two didn't come in? Um, or any strengthening of the squad at all? I think it just had to be the right the right situation and the right, you know, prices that, that go along with it. Like, you know, there's little doubt in my mind that if Michi Batshuayi's wage demands hadn't been absolutely astronomical and Chelsea weren't off and, like, thinking of a stupid loan fee, then surely somebody at Everton would have went, hmm, maybe, maybe we'll take a, maybe we'll take a punt on him and see what we can do about Kurt Zuma's permanent situation. Like, do the Zuma deal and then yeah, do the Zuma yeah. deal and then bring Batshuayi in on loan, maybe. But you know, like you, you see, you see stuff like that, and you just think, even even in the loan market in January, the the prices are just they're not worth it. A lot of the I time, I think we've been stung, haven't we, over the years, especially yeah. with you know already Tosin and Walcott had already been offered to. You know, from, by fans to say they, they want to leave, and that was twelve months ago. I think it's I mean, I, it, it's ironic that if we were going to do any sort of permanent business in terms of a striker, it would have hinged on Tosin leaving before which we'd, is we'd, we'd, have got, we'd have got him in. So that would have been a year, twenty-seven million. We would have probably made a, heft, a fairly hefty loss on him in that period. And for what, you know, like I just don't see the value in the January market whatsoever. And I'm quite happy that. Everton have decided to sit out, you know, it's it's on the Preno says a lot on this podcast, but it's short-term pain for long-term gain. And I think the, the only problem with that is that obviously we've had, we've been in a painful position for the last few seasons and it is getting great in the, at the minute. And, you know, it is tough to be an Everton fan at the minute, but, you know, I, I quite like that we're staying strong and we're just going to try and battle through this because I think in the long term, it, it will be a massive benefit to us. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. People have said, don't make a sign-in because the season's over. However, that win against Huddersfield, amazingly, took Everton up to eighth and just two points off seventh. And given the fact that Chelsea are playing Man City in a League Cup final and you'd expect one of the big six or the ones that remain, unfortunately, in that FA Cup to, to go on and win it, seventh could bring European football. Saturday, Wolves come to Goodison, who no doubt will be a rival for that seventh place. Adam, you've done a really good piece on the, the Echo website today. What, what, are your guys, what are you guys' thoughts on European football, given the fact that the squad definitely needs improving. It's probably not high in number on out-and-out out out quality. Do you think if Everton were to finish this season in seventh and get into the Europa League, would that be a good or a bad thing? I can't. I can only ever see it as a good thing. Like, I I don't understand people who don't want to be in Europe really because you know people say oh it's another competition and it's a distraction and whatever. But you know there's nothing like a good cup run, is there? Like. That time when it was the UEFA Cup and we got knocked out on pens by Fiorentina, I remember that run being like, oh yeah, that was that was really good. Even like a few years ago when we got knocked out by the that, that Kiev game, Alcaraz. Uh, <laughs> 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 even even like in the build up to that game, you were thinking, oh, this is like the, the league. The league season was absolutely crap, but like that European football, like that really, that really made you felt fall in love with what with what was going on at the club. And, you know, it's it's little things like that. You know, as long as we can build a strong enough squad, there's no reason to suggest that we can't perform 
in the league as well as go on a good cup run. And, you know, we haven't won a... We, by the time it comes to next season, we won't have won a trophy for 25 years. It's a joke. Yeah, we, like, we need to be in as many competitions as we can for yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely right. I've not got no disagreements really whatsoever. I just think finishing seventh and then starting your season very early, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, aren't mm. you? You know, there's there's two you know ways to look at it. When when it happened with Cumin and, and and Moise, like were, were we prepared for for that? Like probably not. Um, why weren't we prepared for for that? Remember when we got beat by a uh, Leipzig? Was it or was it the, the Romanian team? Oh, Star Bucharest was it? Star Bucharest. Was it after the Champions League? Wasn't it? That was. There's, a, there's no, been a couple. There's, been a, there's been a couple of false dawns. Hasn't but obviously, anyway. it happened on the Cumin, and he was openly mm. coming out after Europa League games and saying, "Well, you know, when he's not ready and stuff like yeah. that." And it, it, it did hinder the season. There's no, there's no doubt about that. But as a fan, you know, as as a club, Everton Football Club need to be in Europe. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we want it to be the Champions League, but we're realistic, and we know that's probably a couple of years off. So, seventh is definitely it's it's it, it's important. I'll be honest with you, if I if I had any choice, I'd rather have beat Millwall on Saturday mm-hmm. and got beat by by Huddersfield mm-hmm. in the week. I know it's a league position and league league is important, but you know the trophy is all important for me. Yeah. And then you get the Europa League. As in terms of the Europa League, the other bonus of qualifying for the Europa League now and winning the Europa League, you know, you get into the Champions League. Mm-hmm. I think that that's helped, doesn't it? That's oh, helped yeah. the situation. You know, you're not just playing. 19, 20, 21 games on top of your, your normal season and your players are, are wrecked and stuff like that and then you'd only end up getting beat in the final and be shattered and stuff like that. So um, if we can go all the way, you know, when we've got Champions League football yeah. and don't see why we couldn't do that. Don't see why we couldn't. Obviously, it's, it's a tough ask. It's going to be a tough ask just to, to get to seventh because we play Wolves Saturday. <clears throat> They're two points ahead of us already. So if they, they beat us on... Saturday, then they're going to go five points ahead. It's, uh, it's slightly up and down, isn't it? But we're right in the mix there if we uh, if we get three points against Wolves. I think the good thing about the Europa League as well is obviously going into a summer where you're expecting a quite quite the transition. You know, the Europa League's a massive draw for especially players on the continent. Like I think it's a bit more of a prestigious tournament on the continent than it is over here. But you know, it, it's a massive draw. European football, you can offer that to so many players and just say look it might not be the Champions League but it's European football it's a route to the Champions League if you if you if you want it you can have it the the issue is you're right about it's more of a draw over overseas because I might be wrong on this but probably finishing 15th 16th 17th in the Premier League you, you probably earn more money yeah to teams yeah. Spain Italy yeah. and France who are finishing 5th and 6th mm-hmm. so staying in the Premier League is more important for for teams, isn't it? Mm-hmm. In, in in the bottom half. Yeah. And then when you look at the likes of us who are aiming for seventh now, and you know, it, it, it's a again use a cliche, but you, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. You know, fans want trophies, but owners and chairman they want to stay in the Premier League. That's yeah. the, that's the most important thing. And you know, if you if your league form suffers you know, your manager's going to get sacked eventually. Mm. And that, like, look at what happened with Martinez. He got to plenty of semi-finals, and then league form suffered and he got sacked. Mm. 
people may be listening to this think we might be getting ahead of ourselves talking about Europa League football because <laughs> it was only just over a week ago or just under just over a week ago I should say that the, the defeat at Millwall but that, that win at Huddersfield albeit against a pretty poor side has lifted spirits a little bit and I thought the supporters on Tuesday night at the John Smith Stadium were absolutely fantastic you could hear them throughout the game Saturday Timo the home crowd won here don't they after mm-hmm. what happened at Millwall particularly Southampton before that you know they, they need to get their I don't think on Saturday it's a case of the fans inspiring the players. I think the players have got to come out and fire in this one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think obviously the, the Millwall performance was nothing short of a disgrace in the way it ended and stuff like that. So hope the fans are going to come out in, in the numbers as they always do at Goodison Park. You know, atmosphere aside, it's going to be, you know, three o'clock kickoff, you know. So the atmosphere could be up there, but the players have got to got to come out and show that they really want to play for Everton. And hopefully, if you know, as this guy's on the pitch, he he will do mm-hmm. he will do that. Doesn't matter who's on the pitch. It's you know you've just got to do it. <clears throat> you know what I mean? You've got to. It's a bit. It's a bit like a. We say this a lot. It's a bit like a chicken and the egg situation with like the player, the players, and the fans. You know, obviously the players <laughs> want the fan support so they can play better, but the fans want the players to play well for them to give them the support. And the, yeah. So I think it's all about. The, f- the first five ten minutes, you know, got to start on the front foot. Hopefully, get an early goal in, like like we did against Huddersfield. You know, you've just got to be fast out the blocks. Don't let Wolves settle because they're a team who do like to get the ball down, like to play it about a bit. Don't let them do that. They like, got quality and, players. That's why they where they are. No, exactly. Just try and disrupt them as much as possible. Try and impose ourselves onto this game. Get the fans behind us early doors, and try and build from there. Because I think. There've been far too many times where it's just been, you know, a bit of a dull first 10, 15 minutes, and then you're always on the back foot, then trying to get the fans on side because you know it, 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 the last the last few years have had an effect on the Goodison crowd. Like it, it's got to be said. Like, and it's really understandable to be honest. Like with some of the football that's been played at Goodison over the last few years, you know, with Silver's got to try and show that he is trying to change that. And I think, you know, just be vibrant right from the get-go. Even even if we are playing Kenny left-back, we've not got our first choice central midfielders, whatever. You know, just go at them, give it 100%. And that's all the Everton fans want to see at the end of the day. They want to see every every single player going out there and playing for the badge on the shirt. And, you know, the, the players have got enough quality there that if they do that, they'll beat Wolves. Like, at the end of the day, we've got a better squad than Wolves. So... If they go out there and give a hundred percent, then they should win. So I think that should be the aim. We all in agreement. If Baines doesn't pass his late fitness test, that can he starts at left back? Is there anyone else who could play there? No, I think the problem the problems at centre back have meant that I think Kurt Zuma was the only other real possibility. He's only played he's only played a couple of games for Chelsea at left back. Well, not even full games. Like he's came off the bench to play at left back a couple of times for Chelsea a few years ago. Uh, Kenny played at left back. I seem to remember against Sunderland in the uh, League Cup last season. I think he played quite well, you know, despite it being Sunderland. Uh, th- thought he had a good game. Thought he came on against Huddersfield and looked really solid and stood up well. To wouldn't, wouldn't say it was a lot of late pressure from Huddersfield, but you know they were they were trying to ramp up the pressure as much as they could. And I think Kenny stood up quite well to that. So. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be quite confident with him stepping in. Yeah, I think Kenny's the, probably the one. The only issue you're going to get is, I think, defensively, I think he'll be solid. Mm-hmm. I think he will, he'll stay firm. The, the, the issue that you're going to have is the attacking threat yeah. going forward. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have a, a Luca Dean. You're not going to have a Leighton Baines going down. Um, 
making marauding run, uh, runs down the, the wing and putting you know dangerous crosses and you, you're just not going to get that from, mm-hmm. from Kenny he might you know eventually get forward when there's a bit of space and you know Richardson's ahead of him maybe even in the box but he's not going to be able to cross with his right foot mm. not going to be able to put in a decent cross uh, sorry with his left foot he's not going to be able to put a decent cross in with his left foot is he so if he gets to you know the byline or you know just by the area he's going to have to cut back mm. so that's going to slow the attack down I don't know you, you're not going to be able to counter that because he's just a natural left footed is he so solid, solid defensively we could have an issue on the left hand side as an attacking threat though I think in a lot of ways that puts a bit more emphasis on you know what you were saying before our midfielders being you know really good on the ball like we need we yeah. need them to be able to keep possession uh, as much as they can but try and be incisive as well like we, we need as much attacking threat through the middle as we can get because as you say we're probably not going to have a lot of attacking threat down that left hand side especially you know if Kenny's not getting forward all that much then Richarlison's going to have to hang back a little bit he can't be on the shoulder of the last man so mm. we might have to either play down the right hand side or try and play through the middle of Wolves so it'll, it'll definitely be a new challenge it's going to be tough it's going to be a tough game you know mm. we know how good Wolves have been this season you know whether they can carry that on next season you know look at Burnley great season last mm. year and look where they are now so although I do think Wolves have probably got better quality players but this is going to be a tough game and any Everton fan going to go to something and we're going to you know, roll over Wolves here or just say God it's only Wolves well no Wolves are a very good team yeah, just I because think, they were in the championship mm. um, recently that doesn't mean anything we are on level terms with them at the moment and it's horrible to say that because obviously we're having a football club and what we've what we've achieved and stuff like that but just just go there to Goodison you're at home play, play to the best of your ability put fighting like you said Adam mm. and um you should have no complaints. We should get the win, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be easy by any means. And obviously it's it's been hindered by the fact that we've got no natural side yeah. left back as well. So it's going to be tough. I think in a lot of ways, it's very similar to the Bournemouth game a couple of weeks ago. You know, Bournemouth is still in that fight to be yeah, in seventh place. You know, in, to, yeah. you know to, it's, a sick, it's a sick way battle really for that. Like It's insane because, you know, you win one, you're back up to 17th. You lose one, you're down to 12th, 13th. And yeah. That's obviously where Silver's starting to get the flak because then you look behind you even more and you're like, well, we're only six, nine points from relegation. Mm-hmm. So we're just very, obviously it's been a slump, don't get me wrong, but it's just a matter of inconsistency. Mm-hmm. Look at Leicester, mm-hmm. you know, some terrible results recently, mm. but then some great like, results as well. Yeah. Like they did at Anfield on Wednesday night. Exactly. Mm. But Bournemouth, you know, they got beat against us, but they just beat Chelsea 4 0. Mm. The league's just insane. Yeah. And I think it's down to the fact that every single team has, has got quality in there. Yeah. It, it, it's got to be because, you know, you're not just beating Chelsea 4 0 if you haven't got quality in, that, in, your, in your team. There's, there's no way. Mm-hmm. All that said, then, prediction time before we wrap up. Everton Wolves, Adam, start with you. How do you uh, see it going? Uh, I'm going to go a close 2 1 win for Everton. In. I'll go two 0 Be positive. We kept the clean sheet on Tuesday. Pickford made a couple of very good saves. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully that means he's got his eye back in. Maybe back to his best form. But hopefully, you know, we won't need that. Hopefully the defence will st- stay strong. And you know, I'm hoping if Tosin plays, he gets a goal or two mm. because I think his performance deserved it against Huddersfield, yeah. didn't it? Really? I think I think so. I think so. And obviously, he came on the pitch on Millwall, made an impact. You know, we, we know what happened how it ended there, but um still a fan of Dominic Carvert Lewin, don't get me wrong, but Tosin we spent a lot of money on this fella. Yeah. You know, we're all like we said just before we uh, when we begun there, we're already talking about him leaving. Um 
So I want him to do well and I want him to score goals. And hopefully if he starts, he's the, uh, he's the one. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a complete full out. So I'm going to go 1-0. I think it might work in Everton's favour on Sussex. I think they seem to play better against the big six when mm-hmm. they, you know, they, they have a lot more. Yeah. The other teams attack them. Yeah. I think Everton will be on the front foot like you want us to be, Adam, on, mm. on Saturday. But I wonder if it, the fact that we haven't got a left back who's marauding, it might make us more solid in a way. You know, it's, not, like, it's not as if we haven't got a danger yeah. on the counter attack either. Like if they. If they're a bit sloppy going forward, then we've like especially the Brighton game. I think we've shown that we can we can smash teams on the counter attack. You know, the likes of Richarlison, uh, Luchman or Bernard, whichever one of them plays, Sigurdsson as well. Mm. When he when he wants to be, you know, we've we've got dangerous dangerous players going forward. You know, we'll cause them a lot of problems. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, Everton make it two Premier League wins on the run. Go up to seventh, probably as well. I think that'd be fair to say, wouldn't it? Go above Wolves. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll have the post-game podcast at the weekend. Then early next week, obviously, usual Raw Blue and view from the Gladys Street as well. I think it's getting recorded Monday, isn't it, mate? Yeah, uh, fan podcast will be Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just as a reminder, we are hosting our first Royal Blue live event at the Baltic Market on the twenty seventh of February, isn't yeah, it? It's a Wednesday. A f- yeah, a few days before the derby. Uh, Alan Myers is hosting. You got Phil Kirkbride, Dave Prentice. Michael Balls joining the panel and Greg O'Keefe, our mm-hmm. former Everton reporter and editor. Uh, and those tickets are on Eventbrite, aren't they? That right, and isn't it? the details are on our website as That's well. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. Liverpool play that night, so you'd rather just come out, pay a fiver for a live fiver for a ticket and a, pint. and a three pints. Exactly, can't, yeah. can't go wrong. Surrounded by your fellow Blues. Thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.